All right, welcome back. We're uh, here, <laughs> special guest, Brian's house. We've gone mobile today, folks. Uh, couldn't resist getting up to Brian's place and uh, spending a little time with my good friend and uh, discussing a few things. Had to grab the recorder before I got too far because we were missing some gold here. Uh, Brian, a couple of things have come up recently in the news feeds. Definitely know that you keep up to speed on this sort of thing. Uh, let's let's start let's start with some of the more comical notes. Uh, the trip to India. I mean, Justin Trudeau, uh, the the ceremonial garb that was worn for in excess of, you know, five or six days, uh, the costs involved in that, and the embarrassment that I think uh, many Canadians might feel. Uh, what are your thoughts on that trip to India? Well, I, I, I don't find that his pandering is particularly useful nor do I think it's particularly dignified. I mean, if he'd stepped off the plane in Scotland and been wearing a kilt and a feather bonnet around, it would have been exactly the same thing. And he'd have been roundly mocked for it, as he, he should be. And they did so in India, and they did so without any input from conservatives or the right wing in Canada or any of that kind of thing. He was mocked roundly because it displayed a great deal of immaturity and a lack of, of depth and and seriousness required for the position. Um, you know, every time a politician puts on a costume, it's the potential for embarrassment. Uh, everyone's been there. Stephen Harper's been there. Jean Chrétien's been there. God knows they've all been there in the States. Um, you know, so you don't put a costume on. But, you know, th there's, there's almost kind of a, a, a pandering racism that... that you know Trudeau comes out with it's like you have to be overly nice and and suck up to people so they'll like you else you're a racist <laughs> which I think is is in its own way a reverse racism you know uh, India is an incredibly um, interesting country with a, an ancient ancient culture and have some you know foppish Frenchman and and I'm French so I can speak I can speak on this. you know show up wearing you know Bollywood clothing and carrying on and dancing the Bangra and and it, like just stop where where did we go off the rails how did we end up with this clownish buffoon representing us on the world stage you know I've heard people say well you know I'm just glad Harper's gone because Canada is just nicer nicer we're we're ridiculous we've become a joke we we were we were a grown-up country with serious issues and we were you know being dealt with within the world as if we had interesting and important things to say and now everyone's just turned their backs to us once again because we're ultimately quite unimportant we're a very small country we're smaller than some cities and uh population wise and you know we've just we've gone back to being unserious and 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 really kind of irrelevant and I, i'm i'm just hoping you know this phenomenon will move on its way and we'll get back to having a real government in 2019 and 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 whatever that looks like you know and i, I, I like i will say this i had this conversation with some friends last night we have had decent liberal caretaker governments yes um if you don't want to be enamored of stephen harper that that's that's fine you don't have to be enamored of him however he did a decent job holding the line making sure that things stayed under control security was reasonable 
taxes were reasonable. The economy was reasonable. Canada did pretty well under him. Yes, our, our, our overall debt went up, but we went through a very, very difficult economic time and we came out of it in good shape. And we were, we were looked at on the world stage with a great deal of, of, um, uh, you know, credibility. And we have had liberal governments who've done the same. Paul Martin's government did that. Jean Chrétien's government did that. There have been good liberal governments. So I, I, you know, if you have liberal listeners, I don't want them thinking I'm just whacking away in this. But there is no question, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to Canada in modern times in, 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 in view of governments. And, you know, whatever people think of the experiment, it needs to end and we need to go on with serious governance in 2019 yeah That's, you know you know I, I i couldn't agree with you more uh you know just just about everywhere um you know we're just not being taken seriously anymore i mean it's it's obvious i i had very little interest in politics uh in fact i, I was the total opposite end of the spectrum i didn't want to know anything about politics i'm forced to pay attention to politics now because of the things i'm seeing uh certainly uh certainly embarrassment is the first word that comes to mind when i see him Dancing and as you put it, carrying on on stage and uh, you know in in that ceremonial garb, which which I, I'm sure could have a legitimate place in in a in a visit uh, overseas to a foreign land, you know in 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 you know in some sort of effort to show respect for tradition and culture. I, like I get it, and and I don't want to be overly critical, but at some point though, you just got to turn it off and and realize that it might be patronizing, that it might be insulting, that maybe perhaps people are going to see through the facade, that you know you are a joke, you really don't know what you're doing, and quite honestly, you shouldn't be in that position. I always had my doubts about you know a, a drama teacher. Uh, not that I have anything against drama teachers, but uh, you know to have somebody that perhaps with a, a very limited uh, experience, practical experience relating to to politics, being put in such a powerful position. Uh, you know, I'm sure his exposure to politics was great as a child, uh, but to but to actually put a man in that position and to and to watch these events unfold before my very eyes. I mean, everything that's happened just seems to be this train wreck that I just can't stop watching. Kind of kind of reminds me of Jersey Shore. I used to watch Jersey Shore back in the day, and I mean, awful show, uh, terrible. If you want to call it acting, if it's a reality TV show or not, I think I'm sure there's a lot of people that would dispute that it's not. But I, I watch that show, and I and I continuously watch that show because it was just so bad it was good. Uh, now I find myself watching Canadian politics because it's just it's just so ridiculous. I, I've never seen more mistakes made. I've never seen uh, more ridiculous effort to try and uh, sort of mask uh, incompetence. And well, it's, it's become it's become very unserious. And it's, yeah. And, and you know the government has a role and, and they have, they have a job. And and let's be very clear here, they work for us. Yeah, they don't rule us. They work for us. There are, you know, we're their bosses. They're our employees. We don't serve them. They serve us. And this, this, you know, elitist strutting around with the gold credit card, you know, just partying it up. Uh, the 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 childish, amateurish way that governance is being is being pursued at this time in this country is beneath contempt. And and. You know, I've 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 reflected on this a lot, and I've I've had to to think a lot about it, um, as, as I think everyone should. And and I th I think here's the thing: is that we shouldn't become so consumed with 
rage and hatred and prejudice, if you will, towards you know the this this joke of a government that we have right now and this system that's going on right now. This thing, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not it's sure a, to identify it's, it's, it either. It's, it's a joke. It really is. So I think what's really important now is instead of getting angry and getting full of rage and you know spending all your time online meaning and 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 getting in arguments with people. I think what's very important is the only chance we have to make any positive change here is to engage intelligently in trying to educate people as to the real nature of things. So this is not a good government. They are not going doing good things for Canada. Um, the only way we are going to get them out is if we convince other Canadians of the same. We're not going to do it by minimizing their concerns or insulting them or in minimizing, you know, uh, so-called progressive values or any of that kind of stuff. The only thing we're going to be able to do is is to emphasize that they're harming Canadian politics, they're harming international trade they're they're harming our social fabric and i and i don't mean that in the conservative sense what our society consists of uh and how it operates is always open to debate and interpretation there's all kinds of things we can change to make things better there are some things that are going to get changed that are going to make things worse and that's always an open debate but this this friggin train wreck that we have going on now needs to be opposed and the only chance we have with any any sense of reason is to try and dialogue with people and to and to educate them and to convince them to vote differently and that that's it that's that's, the, it. that's the only thing we can do you know what i'm uh, i'm in, i'm in again uh, you know as as i am most days i'm in complete agreement with you i think that education and uh, you know raising the level of awareness I, I find a lot of people are just completely oblivious to what's going on they they're not watching the parliamentary sessions so they're not paying close attention to the news which might be a byproduct of actually worrying about how you're going to pay your next hydro bill well. quite frankly i mean like like people are scrambling in this country to you know, make ends meet. Uh, you know, quite a few of us are out there uh, worried more about you know how we're going to pay the bills uh, than perhaps paying attention to uh, global politics and or Canadian politics. When in fact, I, I don't think it's it's ever been more important than it is now than to watch these things and to pay attention to what's going on because quite honestly I've never seen uh, you know a bigger train wreck and I mean I don't know how else to describe it it's been it's it's so horrible to watch I mean from from everything uh, from from embarrassing behavior to just outlandishly uh, dangerous like I mean when you start to examine things like the uh, extension of an invitation to a convicted uh terrorist to you know a, a oh, dinner function trudeau seems to be real keen on terrorists yeah and uh and and that right there um a person who has no tolerance for someone who disagrees with him on policy or disagrees with him on philosophy, but is perfectly okay in hanging out with people who murder our friends yes. and who are murder our soldiers and, and who would wage war and commit violence on our society and on our culture. Uh, I, I'm sorry, you're worse than they are.
Yeah. You are worse than well, they are. Well, for the people that are listening that maybe don't keep up to speed on these sort of things, my understanding, and it's a very limited understanding, I don't ever profess to be an intelligent person, and certainly I don't uh, sit here and, and say that I keep up on every last thing that happens, but my understanding is is that a, a man who shot, uh, shot someone on Canadian soil, uh, an Indian uh, gentleman, and I don't, I don't, I, I use that term loosely because I don't think he qualifies. He, he shot someone on Canadian soil. Uh, he's he's essentially a convicted terrorist, and somebody saw fit to invite him to a function while our prime minister was visiting in India. Well, how do they how do they miss that? I don't, so, I'm not sure I understand. So let's let's be fair here, okay? Because if we want to hammer this guy, yeah, um, we have to be fair. I, I am I'm sure that the vetting for Stephen Harper's, uh, um, you know, visits list, uh, you know, was probably tighter than Trudeau's. But I'll bet some questionable people might have made it through <sighs> from time to time, and and. There's a real problem with gotcha politics. Yep, there really is because uh, you know running country is a is a big job. Yes, and um, this this plays out really well for the opposition because uh, it just looks like a total scumbag move on his part. And um, well, you know what? I, I, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for one second only because uh, you know I made a career out of being fair to people, and you know I think it's fair that when you're in a public position and you know especially when you're fond of selfies that you may occasionally be caught uh you know standing next to somebody that you shouldn't be uh you know i i've certainly uh in, in in my day i've been out and i've been standing next to people i didn't know who they were and or people have said you know you know do you mind if i get a picture with you or and i imagine the prime minister's in the same boat uh you know you can't be aware of everybody that's around you uh you know and their background and their history but i mean to have like a known terrorist right somebody who's actually shot somebody was convicted was was imprisoned for shooting someone uh, you know, and, and to, to hear that, you know, uh, this person is not too popular with the Indian communities, uh, that that person, uh, you know, shot, shot another uh, Indian. Uh, was it a diplomat or what? I, I don't know. Well, well but, to have but, 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 to, but to actually to actually be standing next to this man, to have known ties to somebody that's connected to terrorism. And I mean, again, we repetitively see this theme, the payouts to Catter. You know, standing next to Atwal, you know, while he's in India. I mean, there's just so many, like, disastrous kind of moves on this government's part and on Trudeau's part. Uh, you know, I, like, I mean, even to the smallest things. Like, I mean, flying a chef, you know, a gourmet chef to India. I mean, what, what was he afraid that he wasn't going to be able to find a traditional meal in this India? Is, this has always been my issue with the liberals. You know, the, this is not about politics. This is about power. Liberals are salesmen, as are conservatives, mm. and liberals sell themselves to the so-called progressive group of people who need to feel better about themselves. They like to convince themselves that they know what's better for everyone and that their ideas will simply help lift everyone out of, out of uh, you know, tougher times. And it is completely contemptible. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not true. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that because the liberals have been in power longer, they're far more ingrained with corruption graft and they're tied into questionable murky uh groups uh you know the, a lot of organized crime a lot of um, a lot of that kind of thing a lot of sticky fingers in the pot 
and uh, because there's a lot of money to steal. And of course, now there's no money. There's just a credit balance on a credit card that is run through the friggin' <laughs> ceiling. That's all there is. But um, this is about being in power. And, you know, from a government, the last government that purported to want to serve the people, that always said that they were they were employee they were employees of ours, that they considered us the bosses, that wanted to give more of our tax dollars back, that wanted to spend money more responsibly, that wanted to ensure that our natural resources and our industri- industries could operate successfully, and they could operate you know unfettered by uh, restrictive policies that made it difficult for them to compete against our neighbors. Because let's face it, we're up against the United States, we're up against China, and and I mean the, we're a tiny country. It's very hard for our industries to compete in that market, you know, and to be constantly vilified and attacked for, you know, uh, the you know environmental issues. And, and I mean, you know, frankly, the whole carbon tax thing is ridiculous. It's, it's you know, it's just an excuse to grab more money um, and to spend it however they wish. So, um, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm an environmentalist. I'm a real environmentalist. I've spent a lot of time out in the wilderness and I and I and I really enjoy it. I've never left a crumb of garbage out there. Yeah. And I've I've seen some of these so called environmentalists go have the little protests and leave garbage strewn from one end of the street to the next and then tell me about how I, I you know, the the How irresponsible you oh, are. How how irresponsible and how bad for the environment, you know, the conservatives are is ridiculous. Completely contemptible. Well, you know, certainly uh certainly I've seen a lot of things that <laughs> You know, demand some answers. I, I've never seen a government so so willing, right, to to drive the ship right into the docks. Oh. I mean, like every time I turn around, there's another mistake being made. I, like I, I just and, wish... and, and they revel in them. Like they they, they just well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, I I I, I do believe it or not, I do listen to the podcast that we that we record, and you know, I, I one one standout phrase that stood out in my mind was doubling down on stupid you know like you you literally i i want to put that hashtag and put it on the back of a t-shirt folks i feel if you'll buy one i'll sell them because i i've never heard something that rings more true of today's canadian government doubling down on stupid like i mean every time i turn around there just seems to be another grotesque error in judgment uh you know to, to to make decisions that fly in the face of all reason to have people uh you know uh not vetted correctly and to invite a terrorist to a function that you're at i mean forget the safety i mean just the optics i mean it's just horrible to see it's 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 very difficult to hold these people to account when all the media is in on it you know they're they're you know, the government's talking about uh underwriting the uh print uh, industry, um, the, the you know the print magazine and newspaper industry, and you know you wonder why all the newspapers support the liberals and why CBC supports the liberals. You know, I mean they're being paid by them. Let's face yes. it, right? Their budget comes from them, and conservatives say they'll cut the budget, so you're not getting any positive press from the CBC. But you know they 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 have their fingers in everything. The CBC, CTV, Global News, uh, Torstar, uh, you know, everything. It's, it's, there are, there's a tiny conservative news presence in Canada. Everything else is, is just a wash of liberal white noise. Mm-hmm. And these people can carry on like the buffoons they are and they get away with it. And you, you know, and you know how they keep our minds off it, Mark? Oh. Well, what about Trump? 
look what Trump's doing. Yeah. Trump is a clown. Yeah. Trump is this and Trump is that. Well, I, I have friends who have carried on daily on their Facebooks about what Trump's up to, completely ignoring what our own clown and in chief is doing in, in Ottawa. And, you know, uh, like, listen, people, we have, we have to be smarter than this. Like, you know, if, if they're, if they're putting bells and whistles over here, then you ought to be looking at what's going on in the shadows over there. Cause that's where the real news is. Yeah. It's not where the bells and whistles are. The truth is I'm really concerned about what's going on in Ottawa right now while he's over there dancing the Bangra in a crazy friggin' orange clown outfit. Because because this is the thing. What's coming our way? I'll tell you. There's there's some legislation coming down that's gonna set this country on edge. Yeah. Over all kinds of things. And I know that it's been it's been it's been created and moved forward while everyone was busy looking at his antics. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing a little sleight of hand going on here, folks. Uh, you know, my 20 years in policing taught me one thing. Uh, when you see somebody doing something that looks completely outlandish and strange, start to look around the room because you know what? They might just be right a, uh, a an organized distraction and i mean if you if you've watched people steal things and i certainly have um you know uh, gone over my fair share of surveillance footage inevitably uh the most successful thieves right, and dishonest people work in uh, concert with one another in teams and they love to use the distraction method which is very basic and simple uh, you know cause a ruckus over here and no matter what you're doing if it's outlandish enough people will watch it and they won't notice the simplest thing that's going on behind them which is robbing them blind yeah. and or putting putting something over on them that you would have never let fly under normal circumstances so so here we have you know our, our illustrious leadership over on the other side of the world looking like uh well for lack of a letter a better term a complete retard and and thankfully the globe uh, seems to be recognizing it as such and and to watch him uh doing that you know you take a look around and you touched on the subject of you know purchased media uh for the people out there that only listen to one type of news or only listen to one venue uh, again you know I would echo your sentiments you said watch a number of different sources of, of media uh, to, to actually look at independent media and, and people that aren't potentially paid by the government that might have you know a slanted view uh, of, of what is reality I mean if, you, if you're getting your paycheck from someplace you, know, you might not want to bite the hand that feeds you. So we've got a number of you know major news outlets that may have questionable credibility. Certainly for me. Well, you, you know, Mark, and, and like here's the thing: if you're gonna watch CBC and CTV and Global and get your news from that and consider that to be real news, that's fine. But you know, you you need to watch the Rebel and you need to read Sun. And and I mean, my problem with those news organizations is I don't particularly like reading news that. First of all, I know they're trying to, to to get a rise out of people, so I know that it's it's a little bit over the top. Um, and I also don't particularly enjoy news that is um, uh, dumbing down and simplifying issues because that's 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 not fair either. But I think if you're going to watch the CBC, and and let's be fair, there's some great people. CBC Rex Murphy's knocking it out of the park. He's nice. knocking it out of the park nice. these days. Um, but I mean, like, you know, if you're going to read the Toronto Star, read the National Post. 
if you're gonna you know if you're gonna watch uh, CBC and CTV you, you gotta watch uh, um, the rebel you've got to watch some of the right-wing news if you're gonna watch CNN if you're gonna watch CNN which is is horrifically bad news people if you don't realize it it's 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 Jerry Springer yeah, it's Jerry Springer I, I used to be it's one of those that pe- bad I used to be one of those people that thought CNN was gospel CNN was but what happened? Well, it figured out that its bread was buttered in a certain way, and they went whole hog on that. Wow! But the thing is, they it, it is Jerry Springer now. So if you're gonna watch CNN, you gotta watch Fox. Yeah. You gotta balance it out. And at least in the states, they have that option. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I I have lots of liberal friends who, oh my God, it was like Fox News. Listen. If you're going to watch CNN and take it as gospel and then mock Fox News, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. You're a moron. Because if you think that Fox News is fake and CNN is the truth, you're an idiot. You need to know that just because people are saying what you may naturally agree with doesn't mean it's the truth. And and what you need to do is hear the opposite side and then you, you got to work your way through the through the the fog of this of the of the narrative because the truth is in there somewhere the kernel of the story is in there but but it's being presented left and it's being presented right and i just most of it's crap now and 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 speaking and speaking of truth speaking of fake news you know uh certainly i got uh, i got smacked a couple of times uh, a number of People on Facebook, God love Facebook people. They're they're oh. never afraid to express themselves. Very tough. Yeah, yeah, could be a tough could, 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 could be a tough crowd over there oh, on Facebook. Yeah. I, you know, I don't spend as much time on Facebook as perhaps I should. Uh, I, you know, I love social media. I've I've grown to love it, but uh, certainly I've seen a number of things uh, occurring in the uh, news feeds that uh, draw my attention. Not the least of which is uh, Justin Trudeau meeting with executives from Facebook. And the idea that perhaps this government may decide to lock down. I I, I remember um, uh, there was the people kind comment. Uh, Justin Trudeau interrupted somebody uh, in a uh, town meeting uh, when they referred to mankind as mankind. And, of course, uh, he claimed it was a joke. And perhaps it was. I don't know. I don't believe anything that comes out of that man's mouth anymore. But he claimed it was a joke when he interrupted the female saying, we like to use the term people kind. And in this effort to rewrite the uh, English dictionary, Justin Trudeau uh, may have completely stepped uh, stepped on his own penis, folks, when he, uh, he corrected a, a young lady uh, and referred to uh, mankind as people kind and, and quite honestly, in my opinion, uh, entered into the height of stupid political correctness territory. And, and of course, you know, it was followed up immediately by uh, some kind of statement uh, via Twitter uh, by uh, Gerald Butts saying uh, something to the effect of, you know, people that criticize his boss, you know, and the rebel media are Nazis. And, you know, and of course, I I jumped on the bandwagon like anybody else. And I I did a couple of memes. And of course, I had my fair share of uh, detractors and people that criticized me for doing that. Uh, Folks, if you can't take a joke, tough luck. I'm going to I'm going to do those occasionally. Uh, But, you know, your 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 thoughts, your thoughts on the idea that perhaps uh, Justin Trudeau and government might like to step in uh, into the ring uh, in social media and perhaps censor what goes on there. I mean, I, I, I've always known that social media is the thread that binds us. It's a way, it's a way to get the word out there. It's independent. It's uh, you know they can't control it the way they do perhaps the uh, big news media outlets with their budgets. 
to have you know Justin Trudeau perhaps recognizing and his government recognizing that social media may be the one last kind of uh, bastion of, of honesty out there. I mean, in addition to the, all the fake news and the nonsense that's circulating, you may actually get a lot of the truth. And, and to actually bring that embarrassing behavior to the forefront and to bring it to the masses and to let people know that... You know the Canadian government is now the laughing stock in, in the in the global place, uh, you know, of politics. You know, what are your thoughts on the idea that they uh, they would step in? Well, I mean, I find that Facebook is questionable at best. Anyway, I mean, yeah. they're they they're censoring themselves, and and obviously the uh, uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg has his own opinions about how the world should be run and how it should go down and. He's very li- American liberal, and, uh, and and the fact that that's not liberal enough for Justin Trudeau is kind of hilarious. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, Facebook is not a good source for news. It's not. It's a great source for opinion, which, of course, there's too much of out there. So, you know, I, I think disconnecting a little bit is, 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 you know, get back to looking at people's vacation picks and their dinner picks rather than listening to them rant about, uh, you know, like, you know, a million times a day, you're going to hear a, a dear friend of yours say something that pisses you off. That's the problem with Facebook. Yeah. So you're always surrounded by all this nonsense and negativity. And it's, you know, I don't also don't want to be bombarded with, you know, fuzzy kittens and and love and 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 you know philosophical pearls of wisdom every three seconds like man i i just want to see your camping pictures yeah. I, I don't care about you know Rainbow. i don't need to be reminded that you know listen i woke up with a migraine today and i got some bills i'm gonna have trouble paying this week but i want to hear about how great life is <sighs> see a nice picture of a calm lake and you know isn't isn't it tremendous you know it's like yeah life is great it's wonderful but you know We've all got our own spheres of, of, of sort of labor to concentrate on and, and minimizing that with these platitudes and, the, and the, this, you know, campy sort of, of romanticism about, about everything is, is, is just a waste of time as well. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's advertising mediocrity. Yeah. So, like... I, li- I like knowing what people had for lunch. Uh, you know, the yeah. first, you know, the first, you know... Two days of the week, but uh, if you're going to tell me uh, and give me updates as to every last three meals a day, yeah, yeah, you know, unless you're going to all the you know all the cool restaurants, and I'm you know trying to decide what I want to eat that week. I mean, but you know, it's pretty tough to listen to some high school kid talk about what we should be doing for foreign diplomacy or you know what the answer to all society's ills are. Like some some junior kid in university, seriously, some some (laughs) some undergrad in in history. Uh, uh, criticized Jordan Peterson uh, this week, and and um, it was funny because Dr. Peterson didn't have to defend himself. Someone did it for him, and they said, you know, isn't, isn't it just wonderful that an undergrad can go after a man with a PhD and 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 with thirty years of experience in his work field uh, to be told that he doesn't know what he's talking about by a by a nineteen or twenty year old undergrad? You mean between who, eating Tide who's, Pods? Oh, who's yeah? Who, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that's you know, it's like the yeah, you know, the Tide Pod generation is going to tell. <laughs> what we need to do about gun control or what we need to do about money you know or or uh, uh, income d- distribution or whatever like uh, you know it's people the young are our future but they need to shut up and learn some things <laughs> they really do and you know what i'm so glad you said it like that because you know what honestly folks uh one of the things that i've come into uh, contact with over the years is is that new guy that guy that's been around since lunch hour the guy that you know i've got more like you know 
uh, overtime hours logged on, and he's been on the job, and you know what? He's got an opinion suddenly. You know what? Shut up. Shut up. And, and for this young generation that wants to weigh in on serious conversation and, and to tangle. Whoa, listen. Right, with a guy with a PhD by, that, by that's that means. brilliant, in my opinion. By all means, you're welcome to have an opinion, but it should be an informed opinion. Yeah. And, you know, like... Uh, when you, you hear some of these, you know, singers and artists and stuff, you know, 17, 18 years old, Lord, what it was, she was 17 and she had some comment about American foreign policy. It's like, really, Lord? What do you know about it? You've spent your entire life in vocal, you know, stu- studies and studios, singing and recording. And, 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 and I guess all that time in front of a microphone and in writing songs, you just got this insight into international diplomacy that, that just, you know, gives you the authority to go out there and speak to your millions of fans and tell them that what you think the U.S is doing is wrong you know uh, like shut up yeah you know what see you took the words right out of my shut mouth up. shut up is actually what come out of come out of my mouth just just a second ago i you know i'm i'm, I'm really always glad to sit down and talk with you brian and i mean some of the things that we've talked about here always uh you know leave me with the impression that i've left here just a little bit smarter uh perhaps than when i arrived uh you know moving right along though uh last thing on the agenda and something you know very serious and it's uh very uh very important uh the uh shooting in the US. All right. Your your first take on, you know, what's going on down there, how it might have an impact potentially on us up here. I mean, people people have been for months, uh, you know, speculating as to what the uh, Canadian government might be dropping uh, on on its uh, legal gun ownership and its population. We've got we've got the shooting in the US. Okay. And Certainly that's not us. We have a completely different set of rules, people. Like, we are not the United States of America. I mean, they, they, they certainly have their um, their interesting uh, strengths. And, uh, you know, uh, like, I see a system that, that potentially could be tweaked. Uh, not potentially for the uh, Canadian system. Is it going to be the same, uh, you know, as it is down there? They've, they've got a, a different set of values. They've got a different history than we do. Uh, there are some parallels, however... You know, looking at what's going on down there and, and the way it might impact us, what, what what are you thinking about, you know, that school shooting? I mean, I, that's something I've wanted to talk about for a while. Well, these are going to continue happening. And, uh, you know, I we, we spoke on one of the earlier podcasts about, you know, what's going to happen with our gun laws. And, you know, and I said, well, just wait till the next school shooting because it's, it, you know, every time this happens, this is a huge win for, for the, the forces of... Uh, of the left that want to disarm us and that want to that want to impose their philosophical views on us, you know, um, and and it's it's hypocritical to the extreme. So, uh, my thoughts on the school shooting? Well, I'll tell you, all the lefties think that the, you know this is another example of of you know what free access to firearms causes and that the military style weapons don't belong in the public, and and you know we ha- that's this is why we have the police. Well, I'll tell you, your mm. narrative is screwed. Mm. You just disproved your whole argument because the police did nothing. They stood and watched while 17 kids got murdered. 17 kids who could do nothing about it. Their, their, their teachers and their school staff, their, their, you know, the maintenance staff, the security, like they, nobody could do anything about it except get killed because they weren't allowed to have guns. Right now, listen. I'm not saying everyone needs to wear guns. I don't particularly think that students should have guns, and I actually don't think the teachers should have them either, unless, of course, they want to have them, yeah. which is which is a different thing. Um, uh, I I would not particularly like 
to see my teacher up at the front of the class wearing a sidearm. I, I don't think it's necessary. Um, uh, you know, and it becomes a, a focus rather than the lesson. Uh, but you know, to say that the 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 principal or the uh, or the or the deputy principal, you know, uh, the vice principal or one of the you know guidance counselors or a maintenance guy or even vetted and hired proper security staff who are who are professionally trained and properly armed um, would be able to defend a school uh, a lot better than than nothing nothing and you know now th this this point was raised people said well you know uh, you don't want to arm you don't want to turn schools into armed camps and so on and so forth and it's here's the thing so Israel suffered a, a number of very serious school attacks about 30 40 years ago and they lost a bunch of children a bunch of children murdered by Palestinian terrorists and uh, they said okay well schools are a soft target and this is an issue so we're gonna revamp the entire way that we do school security yep and they went with armed staff and they went with armed staff and they went with um, uh, uh, they hardened the targets up so that they were more difficult to get into and they controlled access to the schools yeah um, and and they put in place a whole bunch of, of security uh, measures that would um, stop the attacks they didn't ban guns right they, they, they didn't ban guns they said well if you're a Palestinian terrorist you can't have a gun yeah. but but if you're an Israeli citizen you can't even if you're an Arab right and you can serve in the in the Israeli military and you can serve uh, in Israeli parliament and you can do all these things um, so you know they did what was necessarily necessary to do to protect their population it, their, their children it, and you know what it's it's funny uh just to bust off onto a side note here, uh, looking back on some of the podcasts and listening to them, uh, a subject came up that recently that uh, blew me away because what I heard was that Ralph Goodell and the Office of Emergency Preparedness shot down uh, some kind of petition or bid to have off-duty police officers carrying their guns. I remember having, in this very spot, I sat with you, and we discussed the possibility of how, how we might improve, you know, security for our country, for our people, and to, you know, improve, uh, you know, a response to perhaps an armed attack. And one of the things that you came up with, and I, I've got to tell you, buddy, I've always uh, considered you brilliant, is to actually give authorization to off-duty police officers to carry their, their sidearms, uh, while well, they're not working. And what the term that you used was you will quadruple effectively uh, the armed effective response to terrorist threats. And without that was, it costing a dime. Without it costing a dime. It won't cost a dime. And, and that idea was shot down. And it was shot down because uh, I... I it's my understanding is, that a number of it will yes it's his philosophy it's his philosophy the argument was is that uh, too many too many police officers have been charged in the past with assaults with domestics then I don't want them being cops well yeah like I mean if you can't trust them 24 hours they're expected to be police officers 24 hours a day I know I used to be one of them and if something went down next to you you were expected to act and yet here we are giving these people potentially the ability to respond right in, in a way that could be effective and we're denying them that, and we're denying the Canadian public that, and it's something that you brought up. And isn't it interesting that I, you know, just the other day I heard that 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 idea had been shot down wholeheartedly, 
and I don't know how much consideration it was truly given, but well, I gotta tell you, yeah, like, sad. Here's a case in point. So when the attack happened on Parliament, um, and the sergeant at arms was able to kill the assailant, sergeant at arms doesn't wear a sidearm. He doesn't wear a firearm. He had a firearm in his desk, which was the place that it, it was to be, and it was yeah. part of his job. But that firearm was secured in his desk. And he had to recover and that. He had, he had to recover it and respond to the threat. Nevertheless, at least he had the option to do that. And and who's to say that that wouldn't work in a school situation or that wouldn't work in a hospital situation or that wouldn't work in one of a dozen situations? At least it's an option. And and the, the the you know the same people who say we shouldn't have access to firearms, we shouldn't carry firearms, we shouldn't have firearms around, think it's a wonderful idea that we have AEDs in the public because having immediate medical intervention can can save a person's life in a crisis. Um, but they don't, and that's why we have fire extinguishers around, right? Because you don't want to wait for the fire department. The fires now we can we can ameliorate it before it gets out of control. But when it comes to an armed or like it doesn't have to be a firearm. It could be a guy running around with a knife or a baseball bat who's gone absolutely batshit crazy, running around with a chainsaw, carrying on. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just a big guy running around hammering people with his hands or a board. At least if you've got an option somewhere that you can that you can respond with, you know, you are shortening the time and lessening the amount of damage done. The police take what, Mark? You were a cop. Six minutes, eight minutes you're, to get to you're, some you're, calls. You're looking. You're looking at at a major metropolitan city between four, you know, four to six minutes response yeah. time for something for something of that nature. You've got you've got to gather people, right, and then uh, coordinate to go inside, right? And, and, and that's that's four to six minutes minimum. Uh, no time to call in the SWAT team, folks. None of this shoot them in the leg stuff. Well, and, uh, and, and you again, know, it, you know, like minutes count in in Florida. They had an armed officer on the grounds, a police officer, not a, not a security guard, a police officer on the grounds who failed to take action. He stayed outside of the school while the shooting went on. I don't know if he was paralyzed by fear, if their policy dictated that he didn't respond until he had backup or what, but he didn't go in. Four deputies show up to help him. They didn't go in. They set up a perimeter and they stayed outside. Um, and to turn around and say to people that you can't be armed, uh, that you don't have the right to protect yourself, but we're going to turn this into an issue of the Second Amendment and of the NRA and of guns in American society, and we're going to allow people to be massacred to make a point, which I think may be what happened. And and I, 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 I at the very least, the Broward County Sheriff should resign his damn job. Yeah. He, I, and I don't care. Like, maybe it's more insidious than that. Maybe it is more insidious than that. I don't need to put a tinfoil hat on here, but but... Did they deliberately know this kid was going to go off and they were trying to make a political point? Did that is that what it was? Is it maybe this because I'll tell you there's some real insidious people on the left. There's some real scumbag thinking over there. And you know, did this guy want to make the point? Well, these dummies don't want to ban guns. Well, we'll give them their massacre and then they can make their decisions then. Did he do that? Maybe not. But it's certainly not outside the realm of possibility. At the very least, an extremely ignorant and irresponsible attitude towards policing and security governed his organization that led to the deaths of a bunch of children it wasn't the nra mm -hmm. it wasn't the nra it wasn't the ar-15 it was a kid who'd had 29 visits from the police who had numerous times not been charged because it was a decision of the democratic this so-called left-wing liberal school board in broward county 
that they did not want legal interventions with the children when they got in trouble with the law and the officers were directed to 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 disengage Divert. and to allow it to go and to not charge these kids so a number of times when he could have been stopped when he could have received the help he needed or been punished for his behavior they failed to take action uh, to the point where it led to him not having his firearms uh, uh, taken away from him. He did pass a background check to get that firearm and then was able to use it. And when he was using it, was not confronted by the law enforcement that was on scene. And it was the it was the officers from the next county over that showed up, went in guns a-blazing. Like they went in, guns drawn, ran right past the deputies that were outside, went in to deal with the shooting. Uh, to confront and kill the bad guy and uh the argument that this is somehow the nra or the ar-15 they've they've like like anyone on the left who argues that has completely lost their logic circuits the argument is that if anyone in there had been armed they might have been at least been able to protect their own lives yeah I, I mean, you know this whole idea of the, the good guy with a gun well yeah and, and the good guy with a gun happens a lot. And you don't get told that in the media because that's not the narrative the media wants to push. It happens a lot. They say upwards of two and a half million defenses of uses of firearms a year in the United States. But the issue is, well, you tell me a mass shooting that uh, was stopped with a gun. Well, they can't because they weren't mass shootings because someone stopped them with a gun. Yeah. Right? It's some guy shot another guy and it was over. Yeah. It wasn't a guy shot 28 people dead because no one was there with a gun. And all these shootings happen in gun-free zones, all of them, all of them. And not, not only that, if you really, if you really want to stop mass shootings, well, I'll be a jerk for a minute. You want to stop mass shootings, anyone who's a registered Democrat should not be allowed to own a firearm. Right there will stop 90% of the shootings in the United States. Yeah. No, and it's, it's not even yeah. a joke. It's no, no, truth. it's 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 true. 90% of shootings in the United States are carried out by registered members of the Democratic Party. <sighs> A hundred percent of the shootings in the United States are carried out by people who are on psychotropic meds. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, that's mass shootings. I'm not talking about the gangbangers. I'm yeah. talking all the mass shootings, of which there are not that many. Let's 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 talk real numbers here. Less than three hundred and fifty people a year are killed in the United States with assault rifles. Okay? We keep hearing thirty thousand. No, 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 no. No. 350 people a year are killed in the United States from assault rifles. 350 in a country of 30, uh, 360 million people. Okay, so do your math. Now, 30,000, it's, it's, it's gone up and down between 16 to 30,000 for gun deaths overall in the United States. 20,000 of those are suicides, right? people say wow yeah japan doesn't have any uh gun suicides nope they don't they have even more other types of suicides so it's not about the gun so you have to take the suicides out of it so now you're down to 10,000 deaths a year in a country of 360 million people that's not all that high but now let's go 75 percent of those shootings are gang on gang violence you're not going to change that and those those shootings happen in predominantly no gun ownership areas chicago Philadelphia, uh, you know, uh, LA, like places where you are not allowed to own handguns and they, or they have, uh, other than that, they have very, very tight gun control. 75% of those shootings are, are, are gang on gang and they're gonna happen anyway. Yeah. Even if guns are completely banned. If they were happening in Britain, it would be the same, okay? So now you're down to about 2,500 shootings a year 
deaths a year in the United States in a country of 360 million people. And I'm not sure if that includes defensive uses of firearms. It may very well. I don't think they're all, they're all considered homicides, but I don't know if, if any of them are justifiable. But it, it's, it's, it's certainly probable that there are. So you would have to even reduce that number even more to get down to where a guy goes and kills people with a gun because he's mad or because he murdered his wife with a gun because he was mad or whatever. So, you know, you're looking at 2,500 deaths a year in a country of 360 million people. I'll tell you, more people are killed with their with their friggin' cell phones out on the highway because they're texting their wife to complain about Trump, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ah, bring a chicken home for dinner, and I don't like Trump, right? <laughs> Boom, and they kill someone in their friggin' car. Those people are way more of a menace than all the militiamen in the hills of West Virginia with their AK-47s. And that's just a fact, Mark. It's just a fact. So, you know, people need to get realistic. Could we tweak our laws? Yes, we could. And frankly, I think the NRA in the States and in Canada, the CSSA or the NFA or all the different firearms groups, we should get together and propose our own laws to the government. And, you know, we would have to tighten some things, which would hurt, but... If we tighten those things and the laws were reasonable, I think they would loosen up other things. I, I don't know what we would get with the liberals. I don't know that there's any reason to them. But um, the idea would be that you you would make proposals that, that enhance public safety because that's what we all want. Gun owners and non-gun owners alike, we all want enhanced public safety. So let's propose some rules that we think will work, that we can all live with, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and then you, you get to the point of saying, like, listen, you know, it is a free society and with freedom comes responsibility and comes consequence. So, you know, if you're a bad person, you do bad things, you're going to suffer the consequence. Uh, we live in a free society. You know, people are going to misuse cars. They're going to misuse chainsaws. They're going to misuse power boats. They're going to misuse aircraft. They're going to misuse shotguns and AR-15s. That's going to happen. It's a measure of a society, a level of society's freedom as to whether or not the populace are armed. I don't want to live in a country that is disarmed. I just don't. It's to me, it's just a padded jail cell. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're a ward of the state and the state will protect you. Maybe. If, Maybe. If it feels like it. You know, <laughs> if you don't have a bunch of gutless freaking cowards cowering outside because they're police chief wants to make a point and and this is exactly why i love talking to you brian i gotta tell you you know what always a pleasure having you here on the show that's about all the time that we have today and i you know what i can't tell you enough how much i enjoy speaking with you every time it's just something new and exciting uh please folks if you uh, haven't spread this around we'd love to get our podcasts out there uh please don't forget to like and subscribe to the instagram and the uh, facebook page and watch us on youtube and as always canada don't forget to shoot straight, stay safe.